so I was recently at the beach in Charleston, South Carolina. It was my first time there. And we were at this rental house and we're near the beach. And it reminded me of something that happened one time when I was at a rental house at the beach. Okay. Uh, you, I think you've heard this story. Well, I, I don't know. I won't, I won't say if I did. How's that? <laughs> just act. <laughs> yeah, just humor right. me if you have. So I've shared a lot of times about how I worked in the corporate world for a while and then eventually left to start Greenhouse. Right. But there's part of how I left, which is only a few people know. And I think you're one of them. Anyway, as some people will know, like in a big corporate setting, there's usually often rounds of layoffs. Mm -hmm. And that can be a normal cycle in a big company. And sometimes if you um, want to, which just seems weird or rare, you can opt into those layoffs. Because if you think right. about it, like the leadership doesn't want to fire people, but if there are people who want to go, then great. They can take some of the That's seats right. of people who wouldn't want to go. Right. And so when mm -hmm. I had decided I wanted to start Greenhouse, I had a plan. I was ready to go. Mm -hmm. There was a big round of layoffs. And so I kind of raised my hand Pick me. and asked yeah. <laughs> to be laid off, mm -hmm. which sounds, does it sound weird? It feels weird to say that. It it doesn't to me because I've been around it too much. Probably okay, that's, that's the probably problem. why. Because yeah. you coached a lot. But of you're those right. People. Some people listening be like, "Oh, I didn't know you, that was a thing." Yeah, I did yeah. not know it was a thing mm -hmm. at the time. It was new to me, so I was able to do that, which was great because then you get a little bit of a severance package, which helps in the transition. It also helps the leader to not have to let someone go they don't want to. Mm -hmm. But if you can imagine, I had a really good relationship with my manager at the time, and so it was hilarious. <laughs> we kind of turned this into a whole thing. Because <laughs> if you can imagine, like, let's say it was me and yeah, you, like we would make a whole, turn into a whole thing. bit out of it, right? And so we said, okay, well, um, we had the whole plan together too. So my manager totally knew. Mm -hmm. And I knew and we were both ready for it. But in a big corporate setting, mm -hmm. you have to go through some of the rigmarole. Like there are certain boxes that have to be checked in HR procedures that have to happen. Well, one of them was, and you'll be familiar with this, um, there's an HR representative who has to have a very serious sit-down conversation right. yeah. with me, the person yeah. getting laid off, and the manager yep. mm -hmm. to kind of like announce what's happening, yes. <laughs> but to be there to mediate in case something... You get all emotional or angry, you exactly, say, I want to say... that happens a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so there has to be a third party there to like yeah. moderate, but also to see what happens yeah. and be a... So me and my manager know that we're about to have this with the HR person. Yeah. The HR person does not know that I opted out and that my manager is right. part and of the whole it. plan. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> so, so it could be a weird conversation. So <laughs> the whole thing just happened to land on a day I was at the beach, which is why the beach house oh. reminded me of this whole thing. So you got laid off on the beach. So here I am. We're like getting ready in the morning <laughs> to go down to the beach. Got like... My swimsuit on, all lathered up with sunscreen. I've got like the beach toys for my kid in my hand. And we're getting ready to walk down. And then I was like, oh, Ash, I have to take a call. Uh, I, I like, I need to take a call. So you yeah. guys go. I forgot I have this call. <laughs> and so I get in a spot that's kind of quiet. And so here I am. No one can see me because this isn't the day of Zoom. This right. was like on the phone, on the, the phone. telephone. Yeah. And I'm standing there in my swimsuit. And I take the call and I'm like, everything in me, Sunday, to try and get real serious yeah. and somber. Mm, oh, I see. Yes. <laughs> but me and my manager, it's like, like been a whole joke by now. Yeah. Because we're like, this is going to be hilarious. Oh, this Steve, call. this would have been really hard. Because we have to act like yeah. serious. Yeah. But mm, oh. to both of us, it's just 
So we get on the phone. It's a three-way call. Okay, we're going to punch in the third person. All right. And then the HR person is real somber, like, all right, so we're here. We gather here today to um, we're gathered discuss today. some news, Steve. And um, it might be hard, hard news for you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, my manager's all like, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep. And then I'm like on the other end of the line, yeah, covering trying. my mouth because yeah. I've you know when you're like the laughs are just trying to come out. Yeah, I do. And and I'm I'm like Steve, get real serious. Come on, like method acting here. Get in the in the zone. And so she, the HR person finishes the spiel. My manager pipes in, and she has to then like give her presentation. Oh, her, oh god! That's like <laughs> all serious and planned, right? Yeah, and we had like a a good manager relationship so mm-hmm. you know she was trying to give a real speech like thank she... god you were in person <laughs> do you agree in person it would have been really hard at least it you would could... have bombed yeah. one of us would have lost it, yeah mm-hmm. lost control and mm-hmm. just started laughing and the hr person would be like calling the calling right. the security <laughs> like and so um i don't know i wish i could remember exactly what was said but she gave a very serious like i know this is hard to hear steve yeah. and then i had to do my part of like oh well, I gotta admit, it's hard. Yeah. It's very difficult to for this to be just sprung on me like this. <laughs> My swimsuit yeah. holding sand toys in a bag. <laughs> this is a really tough day. And so I don't know. It was just like oh, that, that memory popped back when we were at the beach yeah. house. It was like that yeah. was hilarious. And then afterward, me and my manager kind um, of did you call each other afterwards? Oh yeah, yeah. and we just but like that lost was hysterical. Control laughing. <laughs> And then, of course, I do it on the beach and, you know, fill them in on like the weird, weirdest meeting of my life. Weirdest. Anyway, Um, anyway, back to vacation. Yes. But (laughs) it's great. So that was part of the origins of Greenhouse. I I have not. I knew the story, the first part, but I didn't know it was delivered underneath that context. Yeah. And on the beach. Yep. Yeah. My shout out today is for Kathy, who, speaking of layoffs, um, was laid off as so many people were recently from big companies. And um, here's why I wanted to shout her out because I think, and she would tell you the same thing. We, we talked about this recently. Before that happened, she didn't think there were any good opportunities out there beyond the current job she had. Mm-hmm. But she and her team knew that she was at a point where she probably needed to make a change. Mm-hmm. It was just, there was a lot of organizational dynamics causing burnout for everybody. Mm-hmm. She was at a stage where she probably just needed something new, yeah. needed to learn some new skills, have new experiences. And I think for, on our side as coaches mm-hmm. could also see that too. Um, and I wanted to shout her out because I remember at the time that she was laid off saying like, you know, this is a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's hard. It's hard to like really believe that right now. Yeah, But I got to say as the third party, like it's, it's good. It's, it's actually forcing you to do the thing you should have done for yourself. Um, and so of course it was hard for her to hear that at the time. And she's like, yeah, I know you're probably right, but this is really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she'd been there a long time. She'd been there a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just as coaches, usually we can kind of pick mm-hmm. up on, Hey, mm-hmm. it may be time for a change. And so anyway, fast forward to recently when she, had landed her new gig yeah. and she's extremely excited about it. So excited. It's such a good fit for mm-hmm. her. It's actually in a way leveling up mm-hmm. her role, her opportunities. And it's in a smaller organization where she can kind of have more impact and mm-hmm. make decisions easier and things mm-hmm. that were starting to become hard in the bigger company. And so she's, she just 
had this like joy look on her face. Like, this is so cool. And look what happened. Like who would have known that that really tough yeah. moment led yeah. to this. So mm-hmm. shout out to her. Cause I thought that was encouraging, cool to see, but also that she leaned into yep. that hard mm-hmm. um, experience mm-hmm. and, and kind of, I mean, she put in the work to she like did. find something that's the, actually the right next thing to not right just see thing. anything. Yeah. yeah, it's true. I loved working with her in that process. Yeah. Okay. My personality thing for today is that passions and needs can be different. So this might show up a little different in the different personality assessments. Um, the one I typically use uh, I look at it like this. You have the classic like teacher, firefighter, minister, someone who gets into a job that starts with the passion. Mm-hmm. They wanted to do that since they were a little kid. They're passionate about that and they go do it. And if they don't build in their needs, mm-hmm. the way their personality, what they need, then they burn out. And you see this all the time in those kind of passion jobs is burnout. On the flip side, a lot of like, let's call it corporate citizens, they start with the needs because if you need, if your personality needs it, you've naturally kind of gotten good at it as a survival mechanism. Right. And so you get into a job because like, well, everyone said I was, I need, you know, I got good at this. People praised that I was good at it and I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. Then those tend to be the scenarios where they're missing some of the meaning and actually they need to build in the passion part Mm -hmm. of it. And so it's a lot of people have light bulb moments when they realize the passions are different than the needs. Yeah. And it just helps to recognize if they're different. For some mm-hmm. people, they might be the same, but a, most people, they're different things. Yeah, I find that in most people, they're, there's some overlap, but, but very different. Yeah. And so it's just mm-hmm. funny, like a lot of times if someone comes to coaching saying, I want more meaning and passion in my work, mm-hmm. we dive right into that assessment and see, okay, this is why. Right. Or if it's like, I am burnt out mm-hmm. and I love what I do, but I'm burnt out. Mm-hmm. Then we dive into that same dynamic and see, oh, that's why, because you don't have anything filling the <laughs> needs up. None. Yeah. <laughs> so where where's the where is the myth in that? If this is personality. <laughs> <and myths. laughs> yeah, right. I guess the segment is supposed to technically be personality. I, I kind of thought so, but maybe not. You know, I, I'm willing to go where you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, now that you say it, I do think there is a myth in there. Because again, I'm thinking about how this comes up in coaching sessions. The myth is that, um, like we are, we are one personality type, and that the people aren't conscious of this. But the myth would be that, like, my passions and my needs are the same. That what I love doing will also fill up my energy. Yeah, not always true. Not always most true. of the time, not true. I got it. So my classic example I give, because I like to give examples that are maybe just super overly simple mm-hmm. to make the point, is I'm a drummer. And I've drummed forever and ever. And people always say like, oh, you're a good drummer. drummer. Right. And so the assumption is like, well, then I must love doing that. And I don't. Mm -mm. I do enjoy it, but it's not what fills me Mm -hmm. up. It actually drains me quite a bit. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean I don't enjoy it. It's just like my my passions and my needs are different. Yeah. And so... um, I, I guess it. that's the myth. That's the myth. Got it. Good. Done. I'm glad you really. I know. Thank you for clarifying. Nailed me down on that one. <laughs> well, topic I want to talk about today was around establishing yourself in a meeting, mm. and how to do that in mm-hmm. one very simple, clear way. One. 
And I think Ooh. I think it became our topic because I did a TikTok on mm. it that just got a lot of traction. A lot of people were commenting mm -hmm. and it seemed to be, you know how it is. Sometimes I didn't expect that to be a popular topic. No. <laughs> and mm. it was. So um, the trick is it really is a silver bullet, one of the rare sil silver bullet topics. The trick is to use a visual in a meeting. So what do I mean by that? Yeah, if I was just going to ask you that. Okay, well... <laughs> Well, first, there's a few reasons. Like, if you want to lead a meeting better, let's say there's a meeting that you're supposed to lead, okay. and you feel unsure how to do it, or you don't feel like you've been top of your game, mm -hmm. or maybe you just want to show up better in a meeting, because, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people have to attend meetings that they're yeah. just a participant in, right? but they still need to, like, show up well. Yeah. Um, I think about it as wanting to um, allow people to get aligned and on the same page, mm -hmm. or... Maybe if you're just trying to influence in a certain direction mm -hmm. and you need to kind of get buy-in or get people moving in a certain direction, any of those reasons, this trick will work. So using a visual is like, I think a lot of people would jump to overcomplicating it. Like I need a whole slide deck, a PowerPoint. I need yep. multimedia mm -hmm. experience. And it's like, no, no, no. Mm -mm. What I'm talking about is literal pen and paper literal whiteboard if it's a zoom meeting zoom whiteboard or also pen and paper mm -hmm. it actually is more effective the more simple it is and if you just can kind of draw out what's being talked about or provide some kind of pre-drawn visual even if it's just like words and boxes mm -hmm. it can be words still but it's visual something people are looking at then it if it immediately um kind of solves for all of these things around influence and alignment. And the reason why is because everybody in the room is talking about something. Right. And we all think, like, I think that you are seeing what I'm seeing in my head. Oh, yeah. And I think that Jacqueline's seeing what I'm seeing in my head. And I think that Joe's seeing what I'm seeing mm -hmm. in my head. Mm -hmm. And none of you are. You're nope. all seeing different things. Yeah. So we have a meeting and four people are seeing four different things mm -hmm. in their head, which means they're interpreting what's being said four different ways. Mm -hmm. And the classic way you see it played out is after the meeting, people will walk out and be like, <laughs> yeah, man, great meet. Oh, we're all aligned. And like, yeah, all right, we got a plan. And you don't. I know. Everybody heard <laughs> completely. No one's aligned. Yeah. No one's aligned. Yeah. We don't have a plan. We have four different yeah. plans and we have four different interpretations of what was said. Yeah. And so then, of course, in coaching leaders, you see later they're frustrated because people did the wrong thing or something didn't work out. And it's like, well, yeah, because it's what always happens is we actually had four different mm -hmm. um, ideas of what was said. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many times too has, has a visual been brought in front of me and I literally go, Oh, oh. like I, I, I really was not seeing, mm -hmm. seeing it that way. Even humorous ones or descriptions of a person or descriptions of a house. Do you get what I'm saying? And then they, and you're like, man, yeah. <laughs> my imagination went completely. So it's really a very clarifying tool. It is. So, Okay, let me give a couple examples that would maybe clarify what we mean by this. Okay. And again, it can be any number of ways you can get creative with this. But here's two that I commonly use. So one is sketching on a whiteboard, mm -hmm. the buckets of what's being talked about. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times in conversations, we're talking about one, one idea, one problem, whatever. But there's actually maybe six different concepts being mentioned. Mm -hmm. And we're jumping around between them. And mm -hmm. it's like, Jacqueline's talking about 
um, the cups and you're talking about the plants and I'm talking about the drinks and Joe's talking about <laughs> the technology. And it's like, so all I do is I stand up and get on the whiteboard and I draw four boxes and in one I write cups and the other I write plants, the other I write technology and the other I write drinks. And now we can center the conversation. So when we are talking about one of those, mm -hmm. somebody can point to the to the plants bucket yep. and say, yep. this is the one I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and you know, it's working when you hear people go, oh, yeah, totally. yeah. oh, it seems silly, but like, it's no, crazy it how it works beautifully. Works beautifully. Mm -hmm. And so um, a lot of times what you'll see, I said this on the TikTok is like at the end of the meeting, people will refer to the visual. Even, even if your visual wasn't great, or maybe your visual was wrong. It doesn't matter. People will still refer to it because it was the anchor in the conversation. Mm -hmm. I also think it helps you to remember it. Like sometimes when, if there's an agenda, even if the agenda only has three things, mm -hmm. I can't always remember the agenda. But if there was three things that we're going to be focusing on and there was some sort of a visual attached to it, yeah. or the person walks over to the whiteboard and puts the, and writes it out, I yeah. just remember it. Yeah. Well, um, we do have like whiteboards in every room every, of the house. Yeah, and this also do, works with kids. This works in marriage. <laughs> you. <laughs> if you yeah. really want to like nerd out and ruin your marriage. No, I especially like with kids. It's funny how that can really, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And then what happens too is if you're interpreting the conversation different than me, mm -hmm. you grab the marker and you go, oh, this is what I thought we were talking about. Or this right. is how I pictured it. Mm -hmm. And now I'm understanding you. And now we can bridge the gap. Yeah. And actually land on the same mm -hmm. interpretation. Mm. So it's like uh, sketching the buckets can be one way of doing it. Um, another just very practical example is drawing a timeline. Mm. Because a lot of times people are talking about different points in time, especially if it's mm -hmm. a planning meeting. Right. And it's like, you're talking about next week and I'm talking about next uh, month. Yeah. Or you're talking about Thursday, I'm talking about Friday. Yeah. And so all it does is, again, it anchors it and says we can point to it. I mean, I think literally the power, personal opinion, I think the power in a visual is that you can point to it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, um, all right, here is where it happens. And then, oh, it could happen here. Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe. And so then when someone jumps back in time, now you can point and say, oh, okay, remember when we were talking over here? Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. And w if without the visual, you jumped back in time and I'm still yeah. up here. And so it, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't connect. You know what I mean? And then you're depending on the person guiding you verbally only. And that's, it can get confusing. Yeah, it can get really if it's confusing. it's just a verbal guide. But I love that. I agree that when you can point to something, it makes the conversation so much clearer and have much better focus. I mean, just think about it. You've trained a lot of people in speaking and preparing for presentations. Mm -hmm. That is a that is something where someone has thought, planned, written, practiced, honed it in, and given this perfect talk, and still they need visuals. Mm -hmm. Like it's still hard to give a talk without any visuals. I hate it. Or the visuals help enhance yeah. it. And that's like a prepared, practiced mm -hmm. talk. Yep let alone a meeting where everyone's just jumping in and it's all over the place. Mm -mm. So, um, yeah, it's it's a really powerful, and especially because it's so simple. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is grab the marker. Mm -hmm. So even if someone listening is just trying to try this for the first time, I love the way that you just simplified it to, into two things, that it's try the buckets, so just the buckets of the topics that you're talking about, and just the timeline. Just those two are just a great first step into trying 
a visual that they've never tried before. Yeah. Yeah. And if it doesn't fit those, just think ahead of like, okay, the topic at hand or the point I'm trying to make is what? Like just sketch it out or pick a mm -hmm. photo off of Google images or mm -hmm. something. Like a lot of times you can go into templates, whether it's PowerPoint or Canva or, you know, there's a lot of tools out there. Mm -hmm. You can pull up, um, uh, what are they called? Like frameworks or diagrams. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times there's something you can find that fits. Uh, so it's, it's really not hard. You don't have to do a lot of work, but the thing I, I think use it for the most is not preparing for a meeting. Sometimes that's the case. A lot of times it's in the meeting when I feel things are right off track mm -hmm. or people are not mm -hmm. on the same page. That's when I go. Yeah. That's a good reminder because it feels like you're like this, this setup could feel like we use it. We use it as a pre-planned thing. Uh -huh. And what you're saying is these two tools are great to pull out when you're sensing confusion too. Yeah. So like, whoop, like pull them back together by just simply writing out what you're hearing. Yeah. Write out what you hear and then don't feel like you have to nail it. It's actually the same tool that allows people to correct what you wrote out. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh no, that's not what I was talking about. Oh, okay. What what should it what look like? What are you like? talking about? Or right. hand that, like what I like to do is hand them the marker and be like, "Yeah, you write no, it. <laughs> you you write what's in your head because right. that'll help us all get on the same page." Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think it's cool how creatives naturally think visually and create visuals, mm -hmm. um, but then it's almost like everyone else assumes that talking mm -hmm. is the, the only way. The only way. Mm -hmm.